0: This podcast is brought to you by The
1: Province.
2: This is Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Durdane. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Seen and Heard with me, Stuart Dardane. Today, speaking with Prem Gill, who is the new CEO of Creative BC. What is Creative BC, you ask? It's a nonprofit society responsible for development of creative industries in the province, and it's pretty key to our cultural development. And Prem, you're going to tell us more about Creative BC today, aren't you?
3: I am. I'm going to try. Thanks for inviting me here today.
2: Now, to, to, to get the background right, once upon a time, you were another ink-stained media caterpillar, and then you went into a new thing and you emerged this monarch butterfly of cultural <laughs> industries. <laughs> yes, and that's
3: exactly how I explain it, yes.
2: So, uh, you know, is this inspired? Did, did you find yourself in Creative BC because, you know, that one time... Back in school, when you had to stand at the theater stage and sing to everybody, or, you know, what's what's your thing? Are you an artist? Are you a painter? Are you a dancer?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I haven't done any performing arts, um, but my background is, I have a communications degree from SFU, and I... You know, studied Marshall McLuhan mostly for four years because this was, it was the nineties and that's kind of what you did back then. The programs have, I think, shifted some. But, uh, you know, I think there was always, from when I was, okay, in grade five, When we were asked to do a report on what do you want to be when you grow up or what career do you want? I wanted to be a consumer advocate because I had discovered Consumer Reports (laughs) magazines, you know, your average. I love
2: Consumer Reports (laughs) magazines.
3: Well, I was a bit of a nerd kid, but I had – I think there was always this, like, instinctual – thing about equality or doing what's right and everybody having the information and fairness that was just a thing with from when i was a kid and from that when i i went to a high school that was one of the closest high schools to sfu and when i remember reading the program guide and reading about this communications program and thinking wow that's like actually jives with um i wouldn't have described it this way then but my my values and my interests and, you know, I, I was a pop culture kid and it was a way to, uh, learn more about that stuff critically. And I actually feel like I did have the, an awesome liberal arts education where we sat around and talked about things. And,
2: and your work as a journalist, did you cover arts as well?
3: Yeah. So I, so I, you know, I didn't have the traditional journalism background. I didn't go to journal, journalism school. I ended up. <laughs> As fine journalists like yourself did. And there was no like J school in Vancouver at the time. Yeah, and and I, really, I, yeah. I couldn't afford to like go away to school at that point. And I don't think it had started at UBC. And there was programs at Langara and places. But I uh, ended up kind of working as an independent producer. So my background was, again, kind of that social justice kind of thing in mm-hmm. me. I wanted to make documentaries about those untold stories and voices, I'm particularly focused on women and women of color and and a variety of stories. So I kind of did a bunch of things and eventually ended up not to go through the entire story, working for Chum Television at the time. Right. And Chum was a broadcaster that owned Much Music and City TV, Bravo, a bunch of these specialty networks that had just started out. So when City TV launched in Vancouver, I was I, – because I'd already been kind of working as a consultant for them, I ended up – doing a bunch of stuff there, which included producing a bunch of programming, hosting a show, which was where most of my experience came right. from. So I hosted a show called Color TV, which was focused on – it was a talk show, half an hour, and it focused on, again, kind of bringing a diversity of voices involved in mostly arts and culture in the local scene in Vancouver. So that was kind of my, my first sort of actual full-on on-air thing that mostly happened through – oh, I don't have a budget to hire another host. Sure. Well, I'd like to do this. You should have shot it in black and
2: white. That would have just been like an <laughs> Exactly, the in irony itself, of you know? it all. Yeah. Okay, so you've come along to Creative BC now. Now, Creative BC is actually sort of a new entity unto itself, mm-hmm. is it not? This, now, is it a conglomeration of a, a couple of different agencies that used to exist, which would be like BC Film and I think a few others, right? The
3: but, BC Film Commission. So, so yeah, BC, that's yeah. exactly it. So okay. there was in 2013 uh the BC film commission so the film commission is basically the place um that really helped actually grow a lot of the uh foreign industry that hollywood industry here of course. the place that helped manage uh foreign producers particularly those hollywood guys like back to the days of x-files and macgyver
2: jump street
3: jump street exactly the Crico jump street files
2: represent.
3: yes johnny Booker, depp Booker Remember johnny depp used yeah. to just like hang around town
2: absolutely
3: and um and they you know manage help producers like find locations, really sell this as a place to do business. BC Film was another agency that managed, at that time was doing some development funding for film and television, um, along with uh, programs where they help send producers to different markets and still run a variety of different programs the decision was made by provincial government to bring those two entities together to form Creative BC. So it's still fairly new. And when they formed Creative BC, the mandate was extended to support music, digital media, books and publishing... Magazine. So a, a pretty broad range of So in essence, you're stuff. a
2: 360 organization now that we're in the world of the 360 deal for most of the studios, which does encompass everything that might come out of, say, a movie, as in the music, the things, the this, the that. Um, interesting. So I want to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And I want to record a record. And I want to, I don't know, um, do an installation art piece where I hang off of a major building while making the movie and making the record
3: and don't forget your e-magazine or something. Oh, yeah. Like your true, app. True. You have yeah, to do an of course, app. there has you to, have to do be an, an app. app for that. <laughs>
2: um, how do I approach Creative BC? What, 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 what's the process? Like, what sort of things are you, are you people behind right now? And,
3: and yeah. Doing? You know, that is an excellent question. Um, it depends on what you're doing. So it is, um, we are an agency of the government. So we're not like exactly like a telefilm Canada where we're actually funding, um, like putting major, funding into actual projects itself we you know we're very much a facilitator of um you know these programs that you can apply to to go to a market for example so let's say you're a producer who um you know it would be great for you to experience the Cannes film festival um, and be able to sell your product and we can help you get there to that market uh, we also manage all the tax credits which is actually a huge booyah yeah <laughs> which is you know has helps a lot of producers in uh, their budgets. And the tax credits range from somebody potentially doing a web series in Vancouver to Disney doing Tomorrowland. Gotcha. So that's kind of the biggest, a big part of the portfolio. Um, and it's, uh, you know, supporting with some development funding, but not the same model where there was like heavier investing in products. So really bringing together partners, um, and, and really being that conduit between both industry and government in helping people at different levels of their careers. And that's been mostly on the film and television side. Now, because the music, which it might be of particular interest to some of your listeners, is, um, really supported through supporting at this point, Music BC.
2: Right. I was just going to mention Bob Death and Music BC. And, exactly. And, and it sounds like what you're describing is like when Music BC would send a group of uh, export ready artists to like South by Southwest and have like a British Columbia contingent. That's the sort of thing that exactly. it sounds as though you would be facilitating yes. and helping with.
3: Yeah. So part of the, and you know, with newer organizations, all of this coming together, you can imagine that it was, it's a lot. Mm. So I, you know, with a new person like me there, we are really looking at, I, mean, I you know, my first two weeks of meeting with all kinds of stakeholders and staff and just really getting, the lay of the land and, you know, where are the opportunities? Where, where are the, what are the great things that we've done? Learning from other markets as well, you know, what's, what's worked well in Ontario that might be of interest to us that we Nothing. can, <laughs> or the UK, you know, yeah. international markets, Australia, the, they have similar agencies in all of these other English speaking countries actually mm. that, that I think have some interesting models. Um, and, you know, how do we support that? How do we, uh, you know, potentially secure additional funding to do that? Sure. Um, we are, you know, we are, we are an independent agency from the provincial government, but they are our principal funder. So we right. have very much, um, ensuring that we are representing the interests of both, uh, both government and industry. It's a really interesting space to be in.
2: This sounds to me like you would be at the office at five AM. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're would there would almost inevitably always be a cocktail party or some sort of an opening or something else to follow to do more stuff yeah. like that. Were you really busy during the film festival?
3: Yes, phase? and I still am. I'm also on the board of the Vancouver Film Festival. So I'm wearing both hats right okay. now. Which works which has kind of worked out well. So I started this job during the film festival, which is actually great. Actually it's I started unofficially the week before I went to Breakout West and Rifflandia. Okay, right. Because, you know, I love music and in my previous job, so in between CHUM and Creative BC, I was at TELUS for almost eight years where I was managing a lot of the TELUS Optic TV right. local funding and uh, supporting of of mostly film and television video-related projects. Uh, so I was actually already planning on going to Breakout West and to Rifflandia because we were doing some funding through TELUS supporting those events. And it just worked out well. So, Riff and uh, Breakout West were kind of my, you know, official duties of nice. coming out. So, yes, there is going to be a lot of, um, you know, travel because we are there to also sell this as a, as a place to come and do business. Um, it includes, you know, having encouraging uh, organizations like Sony Imageworks has their new studio here. Animal Absolutely. Logic from Australia just opened a big animation studio here, really fostering the development of jobs and. And bringing industry to Vancouver as well.
2: Wow. It's a big mandate.
3: It is. It is a big mandate. I'm not alone.
2: No, no, i, I <laughs> this but not are thing. you are the CEO. Yes, the, like,
3: yes. Kind of... And it's, uh, you know, it's it's a strong team of people. And, and, you know, building on that is going to be the key. I think it's, yeah, really, um, I'm in a listening mode right now.
2: Gotcha. CreativeBC.com website. Is that right?
3: CreativeBC.com.
2: And people can go there and things. Now, one of the things that I, I, I'm i excited about, uh, and which you touched on a bit, but you do a fair amount of um, outreach in that you'll do special sessions for people and stuff, will exactly. you? Exactly. Like, so um, I know from when I was working around with, with a lot of local bands and things like that, that, you know, one of the biggest problems is getting your paperwork together and not screwing it up the first time because it can follow you forever afterwards. Yes. And also because, truthfully speaking, it's a long way from here to Toronto mm-hmm. and it's, closer to Los Angeles and the West coast for a lot of musical artists and a lot of, you know, theater and other per- performing artist groups, it makes a lot more sense to head South.
3: It does um, the whole Pacific the, Northwest yeah, board. Or... There's a lot
2: of shows, a lot more places to go and things, but of course that requires, and, and I know that music BC has been very good about putting on, you know, like sort of how not to screw up your, you know, your grant, mer- application. your, your grant applications and your merchandising mm-hmm. licenses across the border to be able to travel and all these other things. Cause that has haunted some people through this thing. So, People should definitely go to the Creative BC website. Yeah, Creative BC and
3: Music BC and really, yeah, take advantage of these things. I, you know, sometimes these workshops or sessions are free sometimes. And there's other resources you can link to from there. The, during the Vancouver Film Festival, there was the Film Festival Industry Forum, which a lot of people came up from, you know, there was somebody from Vimeo, YouTube, Vice had a bunch of people there, like actually having access to these people. So part of it, what we can help foster is like bringing more of those people here. Again, yeah, that $4,000 cup, cup of coffee hasn't changed in the 20 or so years that I've been in this right, business. <laughs> right.
2: We really, really need to, uh, you know, the Vice outlet here, I guess, would make sense. So perhaps uh, Rupert Murdoch will be able to help us with that and open up an office here. Sometime.
3: Or Rogers Media, since they are running the Vice Canada.
2: Are they? Yes. Well, there you go. Perfect. Yes. I was not aware that they'd picked it up. I wasn't even aware there was a Vice Canada separate. That's yes. that throws me back. Behind. Yeah, so they but, are
3: yeah, they've got a pretty substantial uh, production office that they've opened in Toronto. Great. So I'm sure they will have correspondence all over the place. Exactly.
2: We're not far away. Um, lastly, you've touched on a couple of the businesses that are coming in. Obviously, animation is Everyone I know that works in animation, it's humming right now in mm-hmm. town. I mean, there's, it's, it's always been a kind of a bit of a boomer bust, but it seems it's mostly been boom. And, and it seems as though people really are working on shows that have this, that, that, their, their longevity, they're really sticking out and stuff. What else? And, and I've done a couple of stories this year on, on web TV series, um, that have been very professionally done with well-known names. And it seems as though that's a trend. Are you seeing anything just, you know, off the, off the top of your head that, you know?
3: Yeah. Well, one of my projects at Tell Us was Story Hive, which I don't know if you or your listeners have heard about, but it's basically an incubator where the public helps select content. And we did a whole web series, Story Hive, where we funded, uh, four series, four projects that went into full first seasons of web series. And there's, some really, it's sort of the new incubator or the new place for people to really, uh, a different format of storytelling because they're shorter. Um, and ultimately leading to larger projects, which is, I think is kind of interesting. Cause when I was back in the day, there was, you know, people would make a music video as kind of one of their calling cards, which I think is still, if you're a producer or a director, I think web series is kind of the new wave of some of that. There's, and there's web series festivals now. There's a web oh, fest no, here yeah. in Vancouver. There's one in Toronto. I went to both last year. So there is a, or this year, I guess I'm already moving into 2016 in my head, but there is an, an appetite for that. What I find really interesting is that a lot of those web series, uh, producers and people ultimately want to become a television series. Right. Um, the one that comes to mind is Broad City on, mm-hmm. um, here in Canada, I think it's on HBO, Showcase, one of the specialty networks. Yeah, I'm not um, sure which one either. But, or maybe it's on, no, it's on comedy. Maybe it's on comedy. I get all the channels, so I just record just, everything. Just, just record everything. Your TiVo is, is, exactly. is vast. Um, but that was, you know, it started as a web series. And really smart, you know, young women who are writing and producing and directing their whole thing. And I think that's the other thing that's that people have always done all of those things. But it's... It being a filmmaker or a musician or a writer in Canada has has always been an entrepreneurial thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I
3: think we're even more. We have more tools now to help with that entrepreneurism. You know, we can you can do your own social media, all of that kind of stuff, and marketing. It's just how you're using those tools. So I think that we're going to see a lot more stuff germinate out of web series. And there's definitely a community of people here doing some some really Cool things and learning how to tell stories in seven minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. Over the course of eight episodes or whatever it is.
2: Excellent. Well, we're awaiting your Creative BC web series to come next.
3: Yeah. <laughs> This is the first episode. Prem go, Gill meets Stuart Derden. All right. Do a podcast. <laughs>
2: well, Prem, thank you so much for coming in and letting thank us you. know about that. Is there anything you wanted to add in closing?
3: No. Uh, thanks very much. You know, check out what we're doing and find us. Our social media handle is also at CreativeBC on Twitter and and Facebook. And, you know, hopefully we'll it, – it's all about collaboration and, and really listening to people. So thank you for giving me time.
2: Absolutely. Pleasure. And lots of people out there would probably like to know. So thank uh, that's great. CreativeBC.com, folks. Check it out. Get some training. Get some information that can be of value. One last thing, closing. When you went to the Film Fest industry session, did you try the, that wacky new 3D? The catatonic yes, thing? Yes, the catatonic freaked thing. Freaked me
3: out. No, I did no. not. Did you try it?
2: I did not. I did not actually get to attend this I year, don't know. I, 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 I mean, want I'm, to hear the reports back from somebody. I'm, I'm I,
3: very interested in the 3D thing, but that just sounded like just scary.
2: Yeah, I spoke with one of, it was like the, it. one of the people, the, the effects group that did Interstellar, and I spoke to the head um, because he was up here speaking last year, I guess, or, or maybe he was here for the sci-fi conference. I'm not sure. One of the two. And he was mentioning that he'd been doing a lot of work with that catatonic thing, and it sounded kind of Brave New world but also mm. very cool. Yes. All right. Well, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. Thanks again to Prem Gill, the CEO of CreativeBC, for coming in. Believe me, trying to get this person into an interview is difficult because there is a lot of work on her head. I'll tell you, that's a lot of business to be done with that organization. And thankfully, they are doing it because it really does help our creative and cultural industries. Next up, the scene part. Um, this week, we've only got one gig. It's Small Black. Um, and they're going to be playing the Biltmore Cabaret Tuesday, October 17th, or sorry, Tuesday, October 27th. Um, We're going to hear the song called No One Wants It To Happen, which is taken from their new album, Best Blues, their third album, which is out on Jag Jaguar. And this is the quartet of uh, Josh Kolonik on keys and vocals, Ryan Hainer on guitar, keys and vocals, Juan Pizganski on bass and guitar, and Jeff Curtin on drums. And they're continuing to develop their sort of often loud, but also weirdly pensive and even light electronic sound uh, on this new album and getting... uh, getting pretty favorable reviews across the board, so here you go with Small Black. To the Heard section of Seen and Heard. Um, this is what's spinning across this week. Uh, we're going to start with Caveboy, song Something Like Summer. This is taken from Caveboy's self titled EP, which is on CaveboyMusic.com. This is the Montreal trio of Michelle Ben Simon on lead vocals and guitar, Isabel Banos on bass, synth, and backing, and Lana Cooney on drums and backing vocals. They really wowed people at CMJ. And now they're releasing the first EP, which, frankly, it rocks. Um, it rocks like a few groups from Montreal do. This is a pretty solid thing. Cave Boy is likely going to be hitting the road and coming to a town near you. Or, for that matter, a venue even nearer to you. So keep your eyes open. That's caveboymusic.com. The song, Something Like Summer. <laughs> something like summer we heard sick ass moon taken from as if uh that's a new album from check, check check on warp records and fontana north up here funky and fierce as ever on the cruise back with another album of bass lines that other bassists will be studying as a, a model to funk out to um but they'll also be dancing along i really really like chick 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 and uh they've they've put on some fine shows last time when they were through town and i saw them at fortune sound club it was Woefully undertended, but wickedly fun. Now we're going to hear Cold Black Hammer. This is from Texas singer songwriter legend Joe Ely, uh, taken from Panhandle Rambler. That's his new album out on Rackham Records, available through Red Eye Distribution in Canada. Um, the Lubbock legend is dropping. Hit. This is his 14th album of all country genius. His collection of thoughts of the dusty, flat terrain of the Texas Panhandle, which is kind of around where he's from. As he once described Lubbock, it's a place where if you stood on top of a tin uh, a, a tuna can, you could see the ocean because it's so flat. That's all you need to do to get there. And uh, I don't know how Ely maintains the consistency he does. It's anyone's guess. He's just such a fine, fine songwriter. And Cold Black Hammers is as good a tune as ever written about those lonely oil derricks you see pumping oil away in the middle of nowhere on the flatlands. Uh, certainly an image we have in Canada as well. <laughs>
4: She swings a cold black hammer Pulls black blood from the ground She swings a cold black hammer She wears solid gold in her crown Night after night she's relentless She is a slave driving queen. She swings a coal black. cold black hammer At night beneath the moon and the star She swings a cold black hammer And lights the rich man's cigar. A place you'll need
2: Last up, we're going to hear A.O., or Alpha Omega, featuring Juliano Jack. And this is taken from a new Vancouver band called Lucid Afterlife. I kind of dig the name. And the album's called I Am. It's uh, being distributed on iTunes. And uh, this is a group fronted by vocalist Nathaniel Nat at Jack. Got kind of a heavy sensibility to their pop music. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, because I'm going to have to go try to find catch them live, and I suggest you do the same, because Lucid Afterlife, they kind of rock. Lesson of a lifetime
0: how management finally that. Fi- overflowing river sticks i ride the sphinx to osiris the mileage isn't worth the risk you can greet me at the pathway or sleep and meet me halfway tickets can be as cheap as you want them to be can be free believe in the spirits that you learn to see beneath all the fear just learn to breathe it's only as easy as you let it be now sleep release all of your energy and come with me
2: Once again, this has been Seen and Heard with Stuart Dardame. We'll catch you next week and uh, listen to this and all the podcasts on iTunes or at theprovincepodcast.com. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with province music writer Stuart Durdain. Catch Stuart in the province newspaper or online at theprovince.com.